Thank you, ladies, for leading us so beautifully this morning. We're glad that you have joined us by live stream again. We continue to do what is asked of us for the good of everyone, but we sure do miss you being here in the congregation with us. But we pray that you feel God's spirit, even though you're not in this building, because his spirit is everywhere. And we pray that you feel his spirit as we worship him in spirit and in truth today. Thank you for joining us either by Facebook Live or by live stream. We are glad uh, you are here today. Why don't you join with us in singing together this morning a great hymn of our faith, Holy, Holy, Holy.
right now you continue in worship with us as Michael and Ethan lead us and then Sarah. Oh, 
gardens You turn bones into armies You turn seas into highways You're the Oh, 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 oh,
so beautifully and Lori for playing and Michael and Ethan thank you so much for leading and thank you for being a part of this worship service I echo what Bill said we miss you so much wish you were here in person but we love you even though we're loving you from a distance right now we pray that wherever you might be you might feel the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Lord and I'm so grateful that through it all, we can say it as well when we know Christ as our Lord and as our Savior, that we can weather this storm and we can find peace even in the midst of this season of unrest. And we pray that you might experience the peace that passes all understanding that comes from faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. But every week, we have a time of prayer but we humble ourselves before an almighty God and we ask that he would lift us up. And we know through God's word that in due season or in due time, he does indeed lift us up. And he wants to lift you up today from your depression. He wants to lift you up today from your fear. He wants to lift you up today from your worry and anxiety. He wants to lift you up today from your sickness. He wants to lift you up today from your sin. But we must again humble ourselves and cry out to him. So at this time, I invite you to join me for prayer. We just claim victory through Jesus Christ. May we pray. Oh God, we bow humbly before you, thanking you, oh God for your faithfulness and your love and for your promise to be with us. Father, we just want to lift up people right now that are watching this service via live stream or Facebook live and wherever they might be. We pray, oh God, that they can feel the Holy Spirit in their family room or again uh, outside as they're watching or, or maybe God in their bedroom or or wherever they might be, whether it's in Kentucky or in another state, I pray, God, that they might feel a thickness of your spirit and your presence. And, oh, Lord, we just thank you for your love and your faithfulness. And we can say and sing it is well with our soul when we know Jesus Christ personally. Lord, we just lift up again our nation and our world during this crisis. And we pray, oh God, that soon this crisis would end, this virus would, would end. And Father, that people would be healed and, and that lives might be transformed in a positive way to bring people closer to Jesus Christ. 
continue to be with the doctors and nurses and and father medical professionals be with our uh, police force and our firemen and and father the paramedics those that are on the front lines keep them safe and their families father continue to be with all of our leaders our nation's uh, leaders and our state leaders that they might feel your presence and your discerning wisdom and power God and guide them as they make decisions for the good of all of us and father we just pray for people who are on our prayer list and people that are grieving father we lift up Sandra Perry and the loss of her mother and ask that you would comfort she and her family that they might feel peace right now and father we lift up those that are in the hospital Thelma Fryer and father we lift up Keith Goins uh, father we lift up others right now Lee Barbie that need your touch and father we pray for Charlotte and Bob Hood and the list is long of people that need healing and strength Father, we pray again that you, the great healer and the great physician, would anoint them with your Holy Spirit. Father, there's some people watching today that maybe have been paralyzed by fear or anxiety. And God, I pray that even now you would lift that fog and give them again a peace and a comfort to know you are with them. And Father, we just pray that you would continue to be with our church here at the Forks and all the churches that are represented that preach the good news of Jesus Christ, that revival and spiritual awakening would break loose. And that, Father, we would turn back to you because you are our only hope. And we just pray now, Father, that as we approach Easter, that our hearts might be right with you and that we might live a life that's holy and pleasing. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit might continue to move through this service, continue to sing and play through our musicians, instrumentalists, and Father, speak through the power of your word. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone watching today that's never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus, that this would be the day of salvation. Now would be the time. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for what you're going to do. In the strong and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 9? Luke chapter 9 and after the reading of God's Word, I'm so grateful that Michael and Ethan Markham will be coming back. And guys, thank you all again for being here. Ladies, for playing so beautifully. And Sarah, for singing. What a, what a great day it is to worship the Lord together. Begin with verse 21 of Luke chapter 9. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple 
must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. This is the word of the Lord and blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, it's through hardships like this that we learn, um, hopefully, we, we have an opportunity to be more sincere in how we approach the Lord, and, and we would get more sincere in, in how we lay our burdens before Him and, and really pray and, and give our lives to Him. I think it's a great time for us all to reflect on what it means to really let Him be Lord of our life. Savior at the feet of my King. 
voice and sing hallelujah hallelujah to the one who sets me free you will find me at the feet of Jesus you will find me at the feet of Jesus Thank you so much, Michael and Ethan. What a powerful, what a beautiful message and song. And again, thank you for worshiping with us today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I always like to share a little humor, especially during this time. We believe that laughter is good medicine. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. One of our church members sent me a message that they were in Walgreens the other night and and as they were in Walgreens, they noticed a man going down the aisle with his cart overflowing with hand sanitizer and baby wipes and toilet paper. And he said it, it was just eating him up inside. So he went over to this gentleman and he said, Sir, I can't believe you are being so selfish during a time like this with all the people in need of these items. You ought to be ashamed of yourself hoarding and taking all those supplies when so many people need them. The gentleman said, are you finished? Because if you are, I have to get back to stocking the shelves like I was told to do. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> that was a double laugh track there, but uh, during this season of quarantine and being at home, Maybe we've all been able to do some things that we've needed to do for a very long time. This past week, I also spoke to another one of our members, and I asked her if she was keeping her husband out of trouble during these days in which we're living. She said, yes, I have him working on a project right now. And maybe that's what you've been doing. You've been working on some projects. Maybe it's painting a room. Maybe it's painting the trim in your house. Uh, maybe it's uh, cleaning out a closet. Maybe it's organizing your garage. Maybe it's weeding the landscape. Maybe it's spending more time with your family, playing board games or card games, or, or maybe like our family, going for walks. We've been going for walks. I see people out walking that I, like I've never seen before. Neighborhoods filled with people walking. Of course, if they're on the same side of the street, we have to go over to the other side to social distance. But so many people are out doing things. And maybe if you're like our family, each night we've uh, watched a movie together. And uh, you might recall back in 1989, there was a movie release called Field of Dreams. And in this movie, we see an Iowa farmer by the name of Ray Kinsella, played by Kevin Costner, who had received a message through a voice that said, build it and he will come. And you remember the challenge was to build a baseball field in the middle of a cornfield. Well, then a short time thereafter, he would 
receive another message, ease his pain. And then eventually he would hear a third message while at a ball game with his friend Terrence Mann. He heard the message, go the distance. Go the distance. Now what does go the distance mean? Well, it's a boxing term. It's a boxing term that means when a fighter can fight the entire fight without being knocked out, he is said to have gone the distance. It's a baseball pitcher that pitches an entire game. It's a runner who runs and completes the race and crosses the finish line. As a matter of fact, it's doing whatever we need to do to finish without quitting, without giving up. And that's exactly the message Jesus Christ was given in our scripture today. In our scripture out of Luke chapter 9, we see Jesus giving his first explicit prediction of his death that was coming soon. And then right after he gave that prediction, he gave his disciples, just as a coach with his team, keys to go the distance, to keep on keeping on, even when things were going to get rough. And I pray today that we would be challenged to go the distance. You know, with all this concern about the coronavirus, maybe we have forgotten that Easter is just two Sundays away. Easter is right around the corner. And it's my prayer that, yes, we would go the distance in fighting the coronavirus, but that we would also go the distance in our relationship with Jesus Christ that we would not throw in the towel, we would not give up, but we would cross that finish line with our faith and trust in Him. But the message that Jesus Christ gave His disciples is a message for us as well. The message for us today for go, going the distance is that we must have a desire. That we must have a desire. We read in, in verse 23 of Luke chapter 9, Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, or whoever wants to be my disciple, Jesus Christ does not force himself upon anyone. As a matter of fact, Jesus gives us an invitation to come after him, or to be his disciple. We are given free will. Do you remember one of the most beautiful conversations in all of Scripture, certainly in the New Testament, was in John chapter 3, when religious leader Nicodemus came out at night to talk with Jesus. And do you remember as this respected Jewish religious leader was talking to Jesus, this itinerant preacher from Galilee, Jesus began to explain to him that he must be born again. And do you remember that old Nicodemus was asking, how can a man be born again when he is old? And then Jesus would begin to explain to him how we can be born again. And then Jesus said, and probably one of the most memorized, one of the most known scriptures in all of God's word, Jesus shared with them John 3.16. For God so loved the world that whoever would believe in him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a beautiful promise that comes to those who desire Jesus Christ. The whoever means if you are old or young, if you are rich or poor, black or white, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then we see the Lord giving these words in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. He said, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Again, the invitation is to everyone, to anyone who would open that door. And maybe you're here today, and again, you have been desiring things of the world instead of desiring Christ. And Christ longs for us to desire Him. If anyone would come after me, whoever wants to be my disciple, and do you remember what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9? The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It would seem to me during a time like this, that the Lord is wanting you and me, us as a country, us as a world, to repent and to come back to Him. Because God loves you and me so much, He doesn't want to see any of us perish, but He wants to see every single one of us come to repentance. And how do we do that? James says in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. And then Paul said in, in that great passage, Romans chapter 10 verse 13, anyone and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I pray that even during this season of unrest, even during this crisis, that we're experiencing, that we would desire the Lord more than we ever have before. That we would repent from things that we know we need to leave behind and start living our lives. How much ever time we have, days, weeks, months, years, that we would begin to live our lives fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. I had one of our church members to send me a text just the other evening and said, you know, Todd, we've been praying for revival and spiritual awakening for quite some time. And said, this crisis that we're going through right now, no one is exempt. It's affecting all of us, whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally or relationally or spiritually. We're all being affected by this, whether it be directly or indirectly. And it's maybe this is how revival is going to begin. Maybe this is how spiritual awakening is going to happen because we must desire Him like we've never desired Him before. And that's what Jesus 
was telling his disciples that he was going to be crucified and he was going to suffer. But he's saying, I want you to go the distance. And he lets them know the cost. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple, if anyone would come after me, he gives them the second key, that they must deny themselves. They must deny themselves or deny yourself. Now, what does that mean? When we say to deny ourselves, it's giving up anything that we want or desire more than we want to do the will of God. When we say we give up or, or we give up those desires that we have more than doing the will of God, then we are denying ourselves. It's giving up anything that we need to give up in order to please God. And during this season in which we're in, we've been forced to deny ourselves. We've been made to deny ourselves. We can't watch the game. We can't go to the game. We can't go to the concert. We can't go to the movie theater. We can't go out to eat in a restaurant. We maybe can't even go to our jobs and work in person. We can't even worship in God's house together. We have been forced through this season to relinquish the controls of our lives and to give the reins to Jesus Christ. We have been made to say, it's out of my control, but God, we know that you are in control. How many of you have uh, in your life, when coming to Christ, have tried to squeeze Jesus in to the busyness of your life. Like Jesus has been an afterthought. We've got so much other stuff going on and, and we've tried to, to add, he's an add-on, to add Jesus on to our lives. I want to tell you this, Jesus does not want to be an add-on. Jesus does not want to be squeezed into our lives. As a matter of fact, Jesus wants to be our life. Jesus Christ wants to be our Lord. Jesus wants to be our master. But how many of us have made gods, idols, out of other things in this world? Whether it be sports or entertainment or material possessions or our workplaces or popularity or power. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, that no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other or that he would be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Well, you fill in the blank. Take the money part out. You cannot serve both God and you fill in the blank. Look at your life and ask yourself, what have you been placing over your relationship with Jesus Christ? What have you been teaching your children is more important than God? What have you been modeling for your family and friends? What's priority in your life? Jesus said in Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added or given unto you. 
So we know that we must deny ourselves. As a matter of fact, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, And he died for all, that those who live may no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and then was raised again. We must begin to live for him who died for us and not to live for the world. A few weeks ago, I was so grateful that Dakota Uten from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes was here with three University of Kentucky football players. Maybe you were here when they came, and, or maybe you heard someone share, but one of those players was Josh Paschal, who plays for the University of Kentucky football team. And maybe you knew this, or maybe you didn't, but Josh has battled cancer. He had some skin cancer that spread and, and required surgery and a time of healing and recovering. And what I so remembered out of that night when these three young men who were boldly sharing their faith as student athletes, Josh Paschal said, football is not my identity. He said, my identity is in Jesus Christ. And man, it sure won me over to say what a beautiful testimony that we are more than what we do. We do not get our worth from what we do, whether it's sports or our work or, or whatever we do. Our identity as followers of Jesus Christ should be in Jesus Christ. And I pray today that we would listen to these beautiful words that Jesus shared. If anyone would come after me or whoever wants to be my disciple, that yes, we would desire, but then we must deny ourselves. And that lastly, we would decide to sacrifice and follow him. Because he goes on to say that not only should we deny ourselves, but that we should take up our cross daily and follow him. To take up our cross daily. Now, through the years, you've heard people say, we all have a cross to bear. And unfortunately, when people have said that, they've referred to it maybe just as a burden. Maybe they've referred to a difficult spouse. I have, I have my cross to bear. Or maybe they've looked at a painful malady in their life. Or, or maybe a difficult situation at work. That's my cross to bear. But I want to tell you, that's not what Jesus was talking about. He wasn't talking about just a burden or, or just an earthly problem. When he said that we are to take up our cross, he was talking about death. He was talking about a, a symbol, an emblem of suffering and shame, which Jesus and his disciples were familiar with. And they had certainly seen crucifixions take place. But when he said to take up a cross again, he's not referring to a thorn either. So many times we've all, and I've even shared recently about Paul and his thorn in his flesh. And remember, he said a messenger of Satan to torment him. And three times he pleaded with the Lord to take it from him. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. But look, a thorn is a unwanted suffering, unchosen suffering, 
A cross is when we willingly take up our cross of suffering and follow Jesus because he was willing to suffer for us. And when we take up our cross, then we are taking up ourselves to sacrifice anything else that has stood in the way of our relationship with the Lord. Do you remember Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it said, uh, Therefore, in view of God's mercy, brothers and sisters, we should sacrifice, make ourselves living sacrifices, for this is holy and pleasing. This is proper in our spiritual act of worship that we are to become living sacrifices. You know what? Jesus does not ask us to die for him. He asks us to live for him. But yet, we must allow ourselves to be crucified. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. But Christ Jesus now lives in me. And then he would go on to say in Galatians 5.24, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So we know today that we must crucify our old ways and be made new in Christ and begin to follow after him. I want to ask you today, what are you sacrificing for the Lord? What are you giving up for the Lord? What are you doing to take up your cross daily and follow after him? And it's my prayer today that if you've never done that, then you can make that decision right now. Even from your family room, even outside or, or even from your bedroom, you can say, you know what? During this season of isolation and and uh, quarantine, I've had a chance to think about my life and what should be most important or who should be most important. And I'm going to get my priorities in order. And I'm going to give my life to Jesus right now. I'm going to confess my sin, ask for his forgiveness. I'm going to invite him to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. You can do that right now. Or maybe you're a parent and you're going to say, when all this is over and this blows on by my family we're committing to be in God's house we're going to commit to teach our children the importance of worshiping God and serving our Lord and Savior or maybe you've been looking for a place to call home I love that even this week I received an email with a couple who I will introduce in just a couple of minutes their names to you they joined the church and they said this might seem like an odd time to join the church but they said God's work continues and this church continues to minister and we'd like to be a part of what God is doing at this church and maybe that's something you would like to do as well but we all must take up our cross daily that means it's not just I get saved and I give my life to the Lord and I'm, I'm a done deal I'm a finished product we must do it daily. It means a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. And we all can do our part. I want to close by sharing a story that Kelly shared with me off Facebook. 
she has a cousin, Christy, that lives over in Lawrenceburg that uh, shared a beautiful challenge. And I want to challenge you as we close out today. But she said someone came up with the, the wonderful thought and idea. Maybe you all have seen this as you've been driving around. Not only have we been doing daily walks, many evenings we'll go out driving as a family just to get out of the house. But uh, you've seen where people are placing teddy bears in the door or, or stuffed animals, a drive-by zoo. And it's to bring comfort to those children maybe that have anxiety. And that's great and that's, that's wonderful as people are putting zoo animals or bears or, or little animals out in the window or at their front doors. But her cousin Christy shared that many years ago, God had given her grandmother, who's gone on to be with the Lord, a vision or had a dream just shortly before she passed. As she was studying the book of Jeremiah, which you remember Jeremiah was the weeping prophet, and he was weeping over the disobedience of God's children, how they had put idols, false gods, before their relationship with the one true God, and now he was crying for them to repent and turn back to God. But said during that season, God gave her grandmother a dream. And her grandmother passed, I believe she said 12 years ago. But before passing, God gave her a vision of putting a cross in her yard. And she was challenging people to put crosses in their yards as a symbol that we were Christians, that we were followers of Christ. And so that when people drove by, they might say, why is that cross in your yard? And then they could share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and let them know why we have a cross in our yard. Well, after that, we built a cross and we put it in our yard. And I want to challenge you, since we did not get to light up our community like we had hoped to do on March the 22nd by taking our lights out, we can make each one of our yards a lighthouse where we can symbolize small crosses or large crosses. Her dad and her uncle and others are now making crosses for people. It can be a small cross, but to put them in your yard to share the light and love of Jesus. That's Christians letting our light shine in a time where people need hope and need the Lord. Won't you join with us and not only taking up our cross, but we would place these crosses as a symbol of our commitment of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and see what a difference we can make even for such a time like this. May we pray together. Father, we thank you that your words are trustworthy and true. And Father, we thank you for the power of the cross. And Lord, we just pray that today that we would make a decision to follow you and that we would make sacrifices to be the, the people you would have us to be, that we might make a difference in the world in which we're living. And God, I pray that if there are people that have never prayed to receive you, that they might pray a simple prayer to say, Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me of my sin. 
Lord, please forgive me of all my sin. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. If you could pray that prayer and mean it, I pray that you would, uh, Father, uh, help them to experience a peace and just a filling, indwelling of your spirit. And Father, I pray for others that need to come back to you. They've drifted away. And we've made other things more important than our relationship with you or our time of worship together in God's house. I pray today they would recommit and come back to you. Or Father, even folks who are wanting to unite with this church family might even now come to be members of what you have begun in this wonderful church and for the, the better days that are still ahead. We believe the best is yet to come. So help us, oh God, to make these decisions even now. And we'll give you all the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And this can be a time of commitment for you, wherever you might be. Make your home an altar as we come to the Lord together. you so much for worshiping with us today and and I would like to introduce to you even though they are not here but this week John and Brenda Darnell come to be members of this church uh, moving a membership from their uh, home church in Russell Kentucky and they shared that they had visited probably 12 different churches and then the Lord led them here and they felt the presence of the Lord and and would like to unite with this family of faith. So I know that uh, when all this is uh, blown over, then you want to welcome John and Brenda Darnell. And, 
and we'll uh, get their address so maybe you can send them a card but we welcome them and maybe again you've made a decision today it would be my privilege to pray with you or Bill or any of our staff to talk with you about your spiritual decision I want to remind you that uh, this afternoon uh, we'll be sending out four discussion questions table uh, group questions for you and your family to discuss at your home it can be this afternoon or evening or sometime this week that go along with the message today and I pray that you would grow in your faith and then one last thing before we close uh, when I challenged you with the cross if you don't mind to take a picture of that cross in the yard and maybe post it on Facebook or send it into the church so Jessica can post that we are united together as followers of Christ and we're letting our light shine as we share the message of Jesus and his love by placing these crosses in our yard and let's make a difference even from where we are but thank you again for worshiping with us we love you can't wait to see you again but until then let's keep our faith strong and our focus on Jesus Christ as we sing a closing song